Howdy, and welcome to the ABI 1.0 podcast. I'm your host, Terry Thompson. When we celebrate New Year's, we actually are celebrating the passage of time. Time. What is it exactly that we're celebrating? It seems mankind has been trying for, well, millennia to try to explain time, to find a definition for time. And for something so tenuous in definition, we sure like to keep it. We have devices that will keep it for us even though we really don't know what it is. So I suggest we use our time wisely and get on with this episode, because we are kind of running short of it. Time, that is. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Humankind's efforts to tell time have helped drive the evolution of our technology and science throughout history. The need to gauge the divisions of the day and night led the ancient Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans to create sundials, water clocks, and early chronometric tools. Western Europeans adopted these technologies, but by the 13th century, Demand for a dependable timekeeping instrument led medieval artisans to invent the mechanical clock. Although this new device satisfied the requirements of monastic and urban communities, it was too inaccurate and unreliable for scientific application until the pendulum was employed to govern its operation. The precision timekeepers that were subsequently developed resolved the critical problem of finding a ship's position at sea and went on to play key roles in the Industrial Revolution and the advance of Western civilization. Today, highly accurate timekeeping instruments set the beat for most of our electronic devices. Nearly all computers, for example, contain a quartz crystal clock to regulate their operation. Moreover, not only do time signals beamed down from the GPS satellites calibrate the functions of uh, precision navigation equipment, they do so as well for our smartphones, instant stock trading systems, and nationwide power distribution grids. So, integral have these time-based technologies become to our day-to-day lives that we recognize our dependency on them only when they fail to work. Inventors created sundials, which indicate time by the length or direction of the sun's shadow, to track temporal hours during the day. The sundial's nocturnal counterpart, the water clock, was designed to measure temporal hours at night. One of the first water clocks was a basin with a small hole near the bottom through which the water dripped out. The falling water level denoted the passing hour as it dipped below hour lines inscribed on the inner surface. Although these devices performed satisfactorily around the Mediterranean, they could not always be depended on in the cloudy and often freezing weather of Northern Europe. Let's fast forward through time from clocks to watches, specifically 19th century watches when the American Waltham Watch Company, as eventually became known 
benefited greatly from a huge demand for watches during the Civil War when Union Army forces used them to synchronize operations. Improvements in fabrication techniques further boosted output and cut prices. Meanwhile, other U.S. companies formed in the hope of capturing part of the burgeoning trade. The Swiss, who had previously dominated the industry, grew concerned when their exports plummeted in the 1870s. The investigator they sent to Massachusetts discovered that not only was the productivity higher at the Waltham factory, but production costs were less. Even some of the lower-grade American watches could be expected to keep reasonably good time. The watch was at last a commodity accessible to the masses. This is a powerful outboard motor that our engineers have especially set up in our studio in order to make possible this live demonstration. We've attached my Timex directly to the propeller blade, as you see here. Now we'll submerge it in the tank. And all right, let's go. Just imagine, the Timex watch on that propeller, let's lift her out, has been slashed through the water on that blade to the tune of 4,500 revolutions per minute. What a test for a waterproof, shock-resistant watch. It was such a test that it threw the watch off in the tank, and I'm very sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen, because we had it all arranged so you would get a picture of that sweep hand still working. Go! Theoretical physicist, mathematician, and string theorist Brian Greene explains the science of time. As a general definition, time is the continued sequence of existence and events that occurs in an apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present into the future. Brian Greene simplifies the concept of time so we can have a better understanding of it. So dare we ask, what is time? Time is the most familiar quality of experience because there's nothing that takes place that doesn't take place within an interval of time. And yet at the same time, it is perhaps the most mysterious quality of the world. So it's a wonderful confluence of the familiar and the deeply mysterious all in one little package. If you were to ask me, what is time? I don't really know. I don't think anybody does. I can say what time gives us. It allows us the language for talking about change. It allows us to envision the events of the universe being spread out in this temporal timeline. And in that way, allows us to see the patterns that unfold within time, allows us the structure and the organization to think about things in that kind of a progression. But what actually is it? I don't really know. And that's so strange because we can measure it. There are laboratories in the world that measure this thing called time to spectacular precision. But, you know, if you go up to the folks and say, what is it that you're actually measuring? I don't know that they can really articulate the kind of answer that you would expect 
from those who are engineering a device that can measure something called time to that level of precision. So it's a very curious combination. But trying to really get at the heart of what time actually is proves extraordinarily difficult. John Wheeler, one of the great physicists of our age, he famously said that time is nature's way of ensuring that everything doesn't happen all at once. And certainly that is a quality of time, but trying to get at the heart of what it is, is difficult. What we have done to try to get a handle on time over the course of many centuries is devise ever better ways of measuring the passage of time. We try to find processes out there in the natural world that are cyclical, that are repetitive, and we have improved upon it by making use of atomic clocks in which, for instance, this is an example where a cesium atom can be excited by bombarding it with laser pulses, and then it itself will pulse. And in fact, we now define the second by counting the number of vibrations of the radiation that comes out of this cesium-133 atomic species. So this is a, a wonderful progression in the history of trying to measure this thing called time, because atomic clocks they are so accurate, they're so reliable in their repetitive process, their cyclical process, that some of these devices will lose less than a second in a million or 10 million years. Let's go, time's wasting. I got lips. And I got lips. Let's get together and use those lips. Let's go, time's wasting. Nobody knows what time it is. What time is it? All the calendars are different. Chinese, Hebrew, Western. Nobody knows when it is. It might be the middle of last week for all we know. <laughs> when are we? We know where we are, but when are we? I don't know. Can't keep track. Time moves too fast. I'll give you an example. There's a moment coming. It's not here yet. <laughs> it's still in the future. It's on the way. Here it comes. Here it is. Oh. It's gone. Time is, right? Well, what if we could alter time or our place in time? We'll look into that when I get back. So I'm back here in Kentucky the Wild Turkey Distillery, and I want to let you in on a little something. The folks here and I have created a new small batch bourbon, Wild Turkey Long Branch, refined with Texas Mesquite charcoal for smoky sweetness. It is my favorite bourbon on the planet. Wild Turkey Long Branch. Real bourbon, no apologies. We've cleared the chew toy and what is that? That is doggy doo. Oh no. And if we run into that doggy doo, well, we're no better than the dog who doggy dooed it there. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go around it. Go around it. Avoid the doo-doo. Avoiding doo-doo. Built with more pet features than any other robot, iRobot OS.
We here at the ABI 1.0 podcast simply love to hear from our listeners. If you have a comment on episodes, or if you want to suggest a topic for future ones, drop us an email, voicemail, or visit us on our Facebook page. Gotta run. said 631 when I started and now it was 809 and the candle shorter by inches and yet by my watch which was in the machine with me only a few seconds had passed the best theory of time which is relativity doesn't explicitly forbid time travel per se it might be that there are things we yet don't understand that will improve the theory. But it seems that there are ways of constructing scenarios within relativity that allow you to go back in time. Traveling into the past seems improbable because time only goes one way, forward. Physicists call this the arrow of time. The arrow of time is just the fact that you can always orient yourself moving from the past to the future. You remember the past, you don't remember the future. You can cause things to happen in the future, but you can't cause things to happen in the past. If you took a movie of things going on in your everyday life, like mixing cream into your coffee, and then you played that movie backwards, it would be perfectly obvious. Cream mixes into coffee, it doesn't unmix. That's the arrow of time. The arrow makes time a one-way street of irreversible events something we know intuitively from our everyday experience. On a pool table, you can break, but don't expect the balls to realign on their own. You can scramble an egg, but you can't unscramble it. The reason why time has an arrow is a fundamental law of physics that says all things in the universe move from orderly states disorderly states. As the universe gets older, as we move from the past to the future, all of the differences between the past and the future can be summed up by saying that the universe is winding down. The universe is going from being orderly, very neatly arranged, to disorderly and messy. So if you had a plate that was a nice plate that was put together and orderly, it breaks, it becomes more disorderly, that's very natural. And if you try to restore order by gluing the plate back together, your actions release enough energy into the surrounding environment to create more disorder in the universe as a whole.
Einstein managed to link space and time into a single notion of space-time. This means whenever space is warped, so is time. Nothing, it appears, can bend space-time more effectively than the supergravity of a black hole. You can imagine the gravitational field is so strong that space and time curl back on themselves. And you can start at one point, go forward in time, and come back at the point that you left. When the arrow of time bends around to meet its tail, it creates an endless loop in which the same events happen over and over. So if this is time curling back on itself, and the universe just repeats itself over and over again, every moment in time would just repeat an infinite number of times. An endless loop would become pretty frustrating for anyone. But suppose a time traveler can land in the past without the constant repetition. In that case, there are other roadblocks. The most perplexing are the inconsistencies or paradoxes that pop up when we start meddling with the past. Many, many years ago, when I was 23, I was married to a widow who was pretty as can be. This widow had a grown-up daughter who had hair of red. My father fell in love with her and soon they too were wed. This made my dad my son-in-law and really changed my life. Now my daughter was my mother, cause she was my father's wife. And to complicate the matter, even though it brought me joy, I soon became the father of a bouncing baby boy. My little baby then became a brother-in-law to dad. So became my uncle, though it made me very sad. For if, if he were my uncle, then that also made him the brother of the widow's grown-up daughter, who was, of course, my stepmother. Huh. Father's wife then had a son who kept them on the run. And he became my grandchild, for he was my daughter's son. My wife is now my mother's mother, and it makes me blue. Because although she is my wife, she's my grandmother too. <laughs> now, if my wife is my grandmother, then I'm her grandchild. Yeah. And every time I think of it, it nearly drives me wild. Because now I have become the strangest case you ever saw. As husband of my grandmother, I am my own grandpa. Oh, I'm my example of the kind of inconsistency you can get with time travel is called the grandfather paradox and this is where someone goes back to the time of for example their grandfather so imagine that I go back in time with a time machine and meet my grandfather in 1937 he's just about to go on a blind date with my grandmother they've never met before but actually I convince him not to go on that date 
He's actually interested in the races, and so I tell him that there's an exciting race with Seabiscuit that's coming up at the Santa Anita track. And so we go off together to that race. He never meets my grandmother. So what happens to me? How is it possible that I could have been born and then been able to go back in time, meet him, and stop myself from being born? So there's an example of an inconsistency. It's a, a loop in time that really doesn't make sense. Sometimes life can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes the weight of the world can be too much to bear. Sometimes you need to stop worrying and take a deep breath. Sometimes you need cannabis. Introducing Brightside, high-quality cannabis delivered right to your door. Brightside offers an extensive menu of strains and products to meet your needs. Choose the experience you want, and we'll send you the dankest herb, the real sticky icky, some top-shelf marijuana. If you like what we send you, keep the whole jar. We'll even include some nugs for you to blaze. As part of Discovery, you'll get to try new strains and products. Side effects may include euphoria, increased appetite, uncontrollable giggles, elevated sensitivity to musical dopeness, and reduced anxiety. Tetrahydrocannabinol may also induce feelings of existential well-being and relentless optimism. With a Brightside subscription, you can get it once a month, once a week, or whenever you want. All at a price you'll like. And yes, this is a real company. is right for you. It probably is. Keep it bright side. Seven million children suffer from asthma more than any other chronic disease. Most asthma attacks are caused by allergic reactions to allergens, including those left behind by cockroaches and mice. In fact, 82% of U.S. households contain mouse allergens, and cockroaches are found in up to 98% of urban homes. How can you protect your family? Find out at PestWorld.org. A message from the National Pest Management Association and the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. Time lives our lives with us. Walk side by side with us. Time is so far from us, but time is among us. Time is ahead of us, above and below us. Is standing beside us. When our time came along Now that we're nearing the end of the line Time has changed, time will heal Time will mend and conceal In the end everything will be fine And if we concentrate Time will heal all the hate While going back in time seems, uh, well, let's say, a bit messy, how about going forward in time? Are we going to encounter many problems if we try that? Traveling forward in time is the easiest thing in the world. Every minute, you move one minute forward in time. One thing we can do to change how we move forward in time relative to each other is to actually move at different velocities compared to each other. 
A time machine that takes us into the future is based on Einstein's discovery about time and speed. The faster you move in space, time, for you, slows down as compared to people standing still. And as mind-bending as this seems, it's actually been proven by experiments. Clocks have been placed on rapidly moving airplanes and rocket ships, and they've moved over some distance at a very rapid speed. And when the atomic clocks were measured after the end of the journey, they had progressed forward in time a little bit less than similar clocks which had remained at rest on Earth. The effect is called time dilation, and we can use it to travel into the future. In fact, it's already been done. Russian cosmonaut Sergei Krikalev has logged more than 803 days in orbit, traveling 17,000 miles an hour, making him the world's record holder in time travel. Though you'd hardly know it to look at him. What's actually happened is that he's about a 50th of a second slower in the amount of time that has passed for him compared to everyone else who stayed on Earth. But dilation really begins to pay off as a time machine when you pump your speed to just under the speed of light. The idea is to let clocks on Earth move at their normal speed while you're off in space and your clock is moving more slowly. When you get back, you're in the future. Suppose, for example, you wanted to go 500 years into the future. To move 500 years into the future, you'd have to move at 99.99% of the speed of light for seven years. When you get back, you'll have aged only seven years. But everything on Earth will have aged 500. But one of the biggest problems with building a time machine for travel into the future is finding enough fuel to boost a spaceship to speeds that high. There's no law of physics that says you can't go close to the speed of light, but your rocket ship becomes heavier and heavier as you go closer and closer to light speed. So you require more and more fuel to accelerate you smaller and smaller amounts. And you need more than an infinite amount of energy to actually break the light speed barrier. Sir, our speed is increasing. We're traveling at more than more eight. Mr. Spock. Since we've passed Mercury, the sun's pull on us has increased greatly. From here, we'll move even faster. And Captain, notice the chronometers. They've started backward. Minute by minute, the speed of time passage will now increase. Get your gear, report to the transporter. I'm Captain Christopher. You only have about 15 years, so you better hurry. Yeah, on the TV programs I grew up with, they made it look so easy to go backwards or forwards in time. As a matter of fact, if you weren't careful, you might accidentally uh, travel through time. From the cheesy shows I watched as a child, like Time Tunnel, of course Star Trek, I don't consider that cheesy. Uh, And, uh, well, in the 80s it was Quantum Leap, and I've seen they have brought that back. Well, that was just a matter of time, right? And of course, there was the uh, Back to the Future franchise and the movies. Well, it seems as though time travel has uh, really intrigued us for quite a while. That's all well and good to think of the future and 
ways to get there. Well, actually, we'll get there one way or the other, whether we try an accelerated fashion or not. But let's not forget about the present. The present, yeah? And let's not sacrifice what we need to do in the present just for our thoughts of the future. And time is one of our most precious commodities, perhaps the most precious commodity. I mean, we enter the world, we're given a certain allotment of time. We don't know how much time we're given. Now, we have spent countless hours, decades, centuries, pondering the nature of time. And there is a lot we understand about time. But if we even reflect on the starting point where you would imagine that we begin our exploration of time, the definition of time, we still are hard pressed to give that definition. It looks like we're all out of time for this episode. I'm your host, Terry Thompson. This is the ABI 1.0 podcast. I'm leaving you with this thought. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Until next time, see ya. the ABI 1.0 podcast, simply love to hear from our listeners, if you have a comment on episodes, or, if you want to suggest a topic for future ones, drop us an email, voicemail, or visit us on our Facebook page. Gotta run. Process complete.